Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Rich Shields Golf Show podcast, everybody, episode 167. Nice. More importantly, and I think the first point we should talk about now, how's Doreen? Doreen, well, this is the good news about Doreen. We had in the Facebook group a lot of images of Doreen, and there was a clear winner. <laughs> oh, yeah? Carol Vorderman. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think many, many listeners and viewers will be pleased with Doreen and yep. Carol Vorderman. So for those who know about Doreen, you know, if you missed last week's episode... Doreen is the imaginary barmaid of our imaginary clubhouse. <laughs> and we had a lot of excited people. Some of them I couldn't accept into the group on Facebook. Some I can of them imagine. Were a bit um, risque. But yeah, we had um, a good mixture. And a lot of people got it. They were on the right lines. Yeah, but they weren't yeah, far off, were they? They weren't far off at all. But I think and I think Carol Vorderman. Yeah, I mean, she's a a spicy Doreen. Yeah. But hey, listen, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, so I think the next job for the next podcast is that Matt is going to get a picture of a frame and we'll put it on the back. What about the secretary? Ian. Ian, okay. Mm. So, Smartly dressed, young, cool. No, Ian is, uh, he's 65. Okay. okay. He has an iPhone. Nice. Knows how to use it. A, a, a watch, maybe Apple Watch? Yeah, he's actually got an iPhone 14 Pro Max. He likes his tech. Shoot me, he likes his tech. Um, he's he's in that kind of older demographic, but he's still kind of quite with it, which is a really nice bloke. He's six foot. Okay. Quite a slim build. Yeah. Nothing you know, too big and burly. However, he doesn't never, ever, ever talk about this. You wouldn't know. But he's actually a black belt in karate. Love it. So he's quite hard on the sly. But you'd have it. to really, really, really anger him for him to get annoyed at you. You'd have to be giving some verbal abuse to Doreen for Ian to start, you know, well, unleashing his black belt ability. So a lot of the members who've known him for a long time, they, they don't talk about a lot because it's a bit, you know, it's not the done thing, but they know he's quite handy because it was um, 15 years ago outside the bank, a fella <laughs> mugged a woman and Ian dropped this fella. Wow. Seriously dropped him. Wow. Um, and people witnessed it, but he uh, actually got an award for doing it for bravery. Oh, wow. So he can handle himself, but you would never, it wouldn't say boo to a goose. An, aw- an award plus a criminal record. Yeah, he's off 12 as well. Just get it round, he's off 12. So, Ian, I want, in the Facebook group, pictures of Ian, Ian. coming up next. Um, if you've not part of this <laughs> fictional clubhouse, get involved. It means you've needed to have listened to all 167 episodes. Yeah, or you can be a social member. Which is kind of, you've not quite... You've not quite listened to all, but you're on your way. This would be a weird podcast if it was your first ever one. Imagine someone <laughs> said, "Imagine someone says to them, mate, oh, you know what I love, me? What oh, Rick Shields, that guy, golf. Oh yeah, I watch him. He's got a podcast. I say a podcast. Yeah, it's it's all right, you know. Try it. Go on, oh, go on, try it. They decide to put on episode 167 for the first time, and that's what they get delivered. Well, that's that's the first bit of craziness. <laughs> but to be honest, this episode today we're going to be talking about golf, golf, and more golf. 
It might be the most golfy podcast we've ever done. Yes. Because you, me, and we had a special guest this week Mm -hmm. joining us for at least two of the rounds. We did three break 75s at three absolutely phenomenal golf courses here in the UK. Yeah, it was quite hard for me because obviously I've been off on paternity leave. So I had to come back into oh, here work. here we go. It's like, oh, back into work, eh? Playing these amazing golf courses. I'm not going to say it affected my ability though. I still got it round to some degree. But yeah, we played some fantastic ones. So these Break 75s are coming in the next few weeks. Yeah, so don't, don't completely bombard us on social media. When's this video coming out? They will be coming out very soon, within the next three to four weeks. You can say one course, I'll say the next, you say the next. This is the quality of courses. The Drum first roll. course that's going to be coming up in the next Break 75 video, home of many Open Championships, <laughs> last played in 2017, won by Jordan Spieth. The next Break 75 is at the wonderful, outstanding Royal Birkdale. Rick, let me stop you there. I like watching Break 75. I like watching you play golf. I don't mind guiding on them occasionally. Birkdale's great, but sell it to me. How did you elevate this Break 75 over any other one? Well, Birkdale, in its own right, elevates a Break 75. Okay. It is, and I know you've got now maybe more refined thoughts about Royal Birkdale this time. Yep. The golf course is spectacular. Correct. It really is. We filmed there last, uh, in fact, it was just before you got married. So what was it, nearly 18, 18 months, months ago? Yeah. Middle of summer, we had a beautiful evening, and it, it was very, very tough. Mm. And I think the first time you played it, maybe your perspective of the golf course maybe wasn't quite as um, refined as it is now. I think what I struggle with, I think this is the case for lots of things in life, when you have something or try something or go somewhere that people absolutely rave about, it can sometimes be quite difficult to actually get that feeling. Do you know what I mean? And I'd obviously heard about how good Royal Birkdale is, and it is. It's one of the top five courses in the country, certainly certainly top yeah, ten. If I'm honest, I actually think it often gets rated number one in England. I suppose in England, yes. Sorry, yeah, exactly in England. It's, it's unbelievable. And when I played it, I enjoyed it, but I don't know what it was. I didn't come away being like, oh my God, oh my God. Where some other courses I have done now, the only thing that correlates is some of the courses I've come away with absolutely loving are ones that I went into with quite low expectations, and then also ones that I played quite well at, which massively helps. But this time, playing Birkdale, I unbelievably got it. I looked at it a lot more as well. Some of the holes that I didn't really think about last time were holes where I hit terrible drives, where I was looking in the rough from a golf ball. This time, I tried to really soak in all the surroundings, the little amphitheatres, the sand dunes. The condition of it for January was in saying really really good we've had so much rainfall recently here in the uk and also snow more recently we drove out only an hour from here in manchester over to southport and it was like being in a different country it really was like that the, the ground there was not a bit of frost not a bit of ice not a bit of snow even though it rained the same because of the type of land it's on obviously historic link land it drains so perfectly yep. and you, you're right it's very interesting birkdale because the only thing that you can actually judge Birkdale on is the actual golf course. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that, some of my I get tricked sometimes into my favourite golf courses, sometimes are the external factors. Yeah. So the scenery, the views, where it's positioned in the world, like the weather, things like that where you're like, oh my God, you're walking down a, a, an iconic hole by the side of, of the water and it's, you can, you know, a bit like um, Crail. Mm-hmm. When I played Crail, it's one of, when, with Iona, and obviously you joined us halfway around. You look around there and like, wow, yeah. 
what a, an amazing, amazing golf venue. But actually, the golf course, if you actually remove that golf course and placed it somewhere else, it might not be quite as spectacular. Yeah, and I do think as well, and I think a lot of amateur golfers get this, when you go and play a new golf course, if you play well, you enjoy it so much more, obviously. Yeah. And I think that can almost taint your perception of the golf course and make you think it's better than it is. Or equally, if you play badly, I think the course is worse than it is. I think now, certainly you've played a lot more, well, we both have a lot better golf course over the last couple of years doing the break 75s. When I now go to a golf course like, again, I, I've been lucky enough to play Robert Dale a number of times. I've always held it in such high regard. I look at it now in a different light of almost the architecture of the golf course, mm. like the way that the bunkers have been placed and shaped and the way that the green complexes are, are, are unique and different. And it challenges you. It makes you think. It makes you, yeah. you know, you can get the wrong side of the holes and you can make a bit of a fool of yourself. You've got, it was a thinking man's golf course. You need to have played a golf course more than once to get that though. Because yeah. obviously we, I'm looking now to play the old course St Andrews twice and the first time I absolutely loved it. But that, that was so much about the emotion of playing. Obviously you surprised me. I've told that story many a time. One of the best days of my life. Incredible. It was very tough conditions as well. But then the second time I played it, I wouldn't say I enjoyed it anymore but actually looking at the holes and, and the run-offs and the little bumps in the bunkers there, you actually see it with your eyes more open, if that you makes do. sense. But this break 75 was different. We played at Royal Bet, as you've said. My goal on the day was, can I break 80? And I won't spoil anything. Um, could I break 80? Your goal, obviously, was can Rick Shields break 75 at Royal Birkdale? So then we needed another guest we did. to see if they could break 70 at Royal Birkdale. So we invited... Your friend yes. and mine and the listeners and viewers friend, Mr. James Robinson. Yes. Now you've seen James on many of videos we've done in the past. We've had him on the podcast. James is a, an established, incredible player. He used to play on tour. I still scratch my head to why he's still not on tour, but I kind of get it as well. Played in the Open in 2018 at Carnoustie. Um, he, he, we've done challenges with him where I've given him some bloody awful golf clubs to play golf with and he can still make them work. Might be one of the best players I've played golf with. He's unbelievable. He's so consistent. <laughs> it's annoyingly good. I, I I said something to Cam, which I'm not sure if we'll end up putting the cut because I wasn't quite sure if I articulated very well. It was meant to be a funny joke, but James is a lovely guy. He's a good looking lad. He's got the best set of teeth I've ever seen. He's great dead, hair. Dead, amazing hair. He's dead slim, great tan, amazing <laughs> golf swing. He's a family man. He's like that perfect guy. He just hates you so perfect. But deep down, obviously, you love him to bits. But yeah, this was a great. Um, I think as well, without knowing the edit yet, it might be a bit of a longer break 75. Even though break 75s are normally on the longer side, no people enjoy watching them maybe in two halves or taking the time with it. But on this one, you've got me as the more kind of average golfer trying to break 80. You as obviously a professional trying to break 75. And then James as a tour professional, really, trying to break 70. There's almost three different narratives to kind of get your teeth stuck into. Um, it was a tough day. Really tough. The course was phenomenal. There was one, was the one winter green? Yeah, we had one just, temporary just because they were doing some maintenance which was work. Fine. At the golf course, the tees in particular, the condition of the tees was ridiculous. literally ridiculous. The greens were very, very good. The fairways were like pristine. It was a true test of golf, and that's going to be a really good video um, that I'm very much looking forward to people seeing. So that'll be the next Break 75 that comes out, be out in a couple of weeks. Um, the other thing I just want to mention here now as well with James, James is moving into a very exciting new role. He has. And James, as you know, he once he decided not to continue his per, uh, pursue career as being a tour professional, and we've mentioned that many times on the podcast, certainly when we had him on as a guest, like the levels are just ridiculous. He now turned his hand to coaching, and he's formed a very, very successful coaching 
um, business. He actually coached in my old um, coaching room at Lytham Golf Academy. Um, he's now taken a, a very exciting role as head of coach at St. Anne's Old Lynx, yes. which is a wonderful golf course in St. Anne's Lytham. Um, and <clears throat> Dan Webster, who we've had on the podcast as well, fantastic guy. He's moved his attention after 30 years as being Incredible. head pro at St. Anne's Old Lynx. He's now moving his direction more into focusing on the Lytham Golf Academy, which he also owns and runs. So massive good luck with Dan with that. But James has given the opportunity to coach at Lytham at St. Anne's Old Lynx. It's going to be a really exciting time for him. It's going to be, yeah, it really is. And, and one thing that I kind of told you about what I didn't fully tell you about was the next golf course we'll come on to in a minute. We played another round the following day at an unbelievable golf course. And while me and James went on the putting green, we were waiting for you to get there. Um, and we were just doing some putts. And obviously at James's new job, he is now going to be able to coach people on just normal kind of swing lessons, which obviously is what you think of when you think of a golf coach or a golf lesson. But being at a golf club, he's now got facilities like a putting green, a short game area, an actual outdoor driving range, a golf course, obviously. He's got all these different aspects he can he can coach on. And we had a probably a half an hour chat. There wasn't really a lesson, but it kind of was, of him telling me how he puts. And I learned so much. And one of the big takeaway things was, it wasn't about technique too much. It was about pace. How when you're putting, certainly from like 20 foot, 30 foot and longer, how obviously pace is so important because you're never going to be massively certainly on a straight putt too far off line are you but if your pace is correct you're gonna have a much better chance at two putting now these things all sound quite obvious another thing he told me which again obvious but i don't do enough is to judge the wind on a putt i obviously on a tee on a par three or par four whatever it might be think about the wind i need to aim left into him right I need to club up club down whatever on a putt i never think about it no and he was showing me this as well. And we did some little puts together and it, I came away and I felt like I'd, I'd learned stuff that I kind of, it, and it was in my, it was deep down in my brain, but I'd not unlocked it. And another little, you know, if you are thinking of going for lessons, either you're local pro or go and see in James, things like that that aren't just swing lessons can actually, and you'll, you'll tell me better, they surely can be as important to improving so, your golf. So good. Course management and just understanding how to get the golf ball around the course. Do you think more players should have playing lessons as opposed to kind of swing lessons? <laughs> There's pros and cons of, of on-course lessons. I obviously used to do them many years ago. Um, on-course lesson, you can really see how a player will navigate a golf course. Yeah. The, the decisions they make, the good decisions, but also obviously the bad decisions. The downside of on-course on playing lessons, certainly in my experience, is sometimes you're actually not seeing that golfer in their most natural, comfortable environment. Yeah, Because for them, it's quite... For, for many golfers that I was coaching, it was quite like somewhat daunting. Mm. You've got somebody there properly on the golf course analysing your performance. Yeah. And sometimes you may be not as natural as you would be normally. And sometimes I think when I was coaching guys on the golf course, they were almost telling me stuff that I actually don't think they ever did. Do you know right. what I mean? They're almost, they're almost talking to me in the things that, I, almost what I want to hear as opposed yeah. to actually what they do. So it'd be better, and this is obviously very difficult to do, it'd be great if you could monitor a golfer without them even knowing. Yeah. You know, if you could almost follow them, like hidden in the bushes, with like <laughs> like following them and properly seeing what they actually do and what they think, like obviously you'd need to extract that information out of them. Uh, the other the slight downside with on-course lessons is obviously you don't quite hit as many shots That's in true. a longer time. But but I'm not saying you shouldn't do. There's definite pros, like you say, that little tidbit that you might just get off James or another coach about, from this position, you ever thought about this, doing this shot? And they go, no. And they try it and they go, wow. That's going to save me three or four shots around. Yeah. 
So you know, I, I definitely think golfers should do it, but it's it's. I don't still don't think it's perfect from unfortunately. But yeah, good luck with James. Um, the other thing that I was going to um mention with James as well is when he was on the golf course, and I think we probably think quite similar to this. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think too much in the future. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When I play golf, yeah. I'm thinking about, right, if I make par here and I birdie the next, and I par, I've got that par five coming up, so I'll try and birdie that. Do you think the same? I do, but this shows a lot about my game. Probably in an opposite way, I'm thinking, if I can par this hole, the next hole's a tough one, so I'm worried about that hole. I think about oh, the yeah, yeah honestly, that's I think, interesting. I think about the worrying holes rather than the opportunities. But James said about four times to us, the most important shot, literally of the day, is the next shot you've got. And I never think like that. I probably right. obviously do in the moment when I'm walking between holes or walking between shots. I'm I'm trying to plot my way around the next few. Well, that's the thing though. Again, James had a European tour card. He played in the Open, so obviously got through Open qualifying. You cannot be thinking about the, sh- the whole no. three holes ahead if you're going down the back nine in open qualifying because you, otherwise you would never play well. No. So it just shows a level. But yes, yeah, so the next big 75, which will come hopefully the following week, was it, I'm going to say it now on camera and on the podcast. Let me just conf- let me just double check. I'm happy to say this. I am. Yeah. My favourite <laughs> golf course. It, I'm going to say it now. My favourite golf course, in- Wallace, in the world. In the world. I'm going to say it now, but I might regret it. No, I'm going to say it. I'm going to go with it. My favourite golf course in the world, Wallasey. You said it. It's bold, but it, I love it. And I'm going to come on to why I love it in a moment. But again, we played there with James. Break 80, break 75, break 70. What a day. Golf course was a little bit longer than Burtdale yeah. from the tees we played off. Um, in absolutely incredible condition. Insane. Like, 
incredible condition for January with how much rain we've had and snow and ice. You, you could have been mistaken. That could have been in April. May we played that golf course. That golf course condition is literally better than most golf courses will be in, in the peak of summer. You know, golf courses that I've been a member of, that are Parkland courses, they're in line, obviously take the water not very well. That literally in January, other than the fact it's windy and cold, they can't help that, obviously. It's better. Yeah. No questions asked. So it was tougher conditions, I would say. Yes. Windier, colder, longer golf course. What an interesting round of golf. Yeah, what a... Well, just come on to the... The reason it's my favourite golf course ever, there's a few holes. I'll start with the negatives, then come on with the positives. There's a few holes that aren't super, super memorable. Yeah. That aren't brilliant, I'll be honest, compared to the holes. However, the holes that I would say aren't the best are actually kind of par fives that are birdie chances. Yeah. So although they're not the most spectacular scenery, actually when you're playing golf, are the holes that you may be thinking, this is a birdie chance. So it kind of actually works out that you do enjoy them anyway. But... I was thinking last night when I went to bed <laughs> about, the, about the golf course. Condition, massive tick. There's a number of holes on that golf course that are, I believe, and I, I've not played that many courses compared to some people, a world class. Yeah, they are. There's the fourth hole, the par five. World class. Elevated tee. <clears throat> the something C on the right-hand side. Is it the Irish C? On the right-hand side. Um Views over everything. Insane. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, it's a fairly straightforward hole, par five. But it's like I say, it's that scenery. It's a, it, oh, that hole is beautiful. The third hole, the one before that, yeah, cracking Incredible. hole. Like really interesting architecture. Kind of again, you've got to hit a drive into the, almost like the funnel of the fairway, and then you've got an elevated shot up into the into the green and the green's an upside down saucepan so you can't miss right and left the wind you don't feel when you back down on the fairway or in that lower part so as soon as you hit the ball up the wind affects yeah. it that next hole then you then you play some really really interesting holes i don't want to go through them all but i think 11 is world class 11's amazing 12 is world class and then you at 12 the par three is so good um old tom morris designed caught a hole from back in the day a good there's a couple then aren't super wow I would say, I think the par three was at 16, incredible. So 17, incredible. incredible. 18, 18, incredible. The clubhouse <laughs> is is very kind of traditional yet modern. That makes sense. It's, traditional it's, it, when you look at it from the outside. But modern inside and a, nice a, and a fresh. welcoming. 100%. The food was phenomenal. You know, the pro shops, well stocked. I, I know I'm, I'm really bigging it up here, but I genuinely feel that strongly about it. It's, it for me, it's, it's one of the best golf courses around. Like I said, it is my favourite. Um, Really, really like it. And I think as well, partly why I like it, although it's well known in the area, obviously it's right near Royal Liverpool, which we'll come on to in a moment. It's a lot of, you know, if you're a, a really keen golfer in the northwest of England, you might have played it or you'll heard of it. It's where obviously Stableford was born. We've, we've told that story before. But it's probably not a golf course that maybe if you're down south or from Scotland, you might really know much about. But I, I really, the course I've played, I can't think of any that beat it, seriously. And uh, one of us on this table played okay. One of us on this table played okay, and one of us went out of bounds four times in three holes. We'll let you decide. <laughs> we'll, we'll let you wait for the video to see that. Um, yeah, I feel like I don't want to give too much away because things can change quite a bit, but there was plenty of birdies made by James on yes, both of those days. Was. like Outrageous amounts of birdies by um, James at Burtdale and at Wallasey. There was a fair share from you and me. Yeah, no, more from you, but there was. If we would have played as a team, as a three-man team, we would have been... 
Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! You, you, you again. I'm not going to give this away. Well, I'm going to give a little spoiler. I don't care. I'm going to do it. You played very well. Thanks. I was very impressed. And James kept saying to me off camera as well. He was very impressed how you were playing. We won't give any scores away. For my own sanity, I didn't play brilliant. There were some shots I hit though that for me were world class. Yeah, that, so there was a three I in that hit. That was just unbelievable. So it's one of those days where it was great to be on my, again my favorite golf course. I won't say that again. My favorite golf course. It was great company. Was some, I won't say that again. And you favorite said it straight golf away. Course. Sorry, I'm done with it now. I promise. Um, but yeah, what a day. We've also this week filmed. This is arguably one of the most exciting breaks of your fives we'll ever make. So again, we've gone Burtdale in Southport. We've then gone Wallasey in the Wirral, and then just up the road from Wallasey in the year 2023. The Circus of the Golfing World will drop down in July to Royal Liverpool. The Open. Hoylake. 151st Open Championship. As you know, the Open. It, 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 I feel genuinely, I know you asked me this question a few, maybe a hundred podcasts ago. Okay. <laughs> What's my favourite major? I'm now fixed on it's the Open. Genuinely. I think it was, to be honest, you were I, very I probably, seasonal. I think originally you were Masters. I was. Then you kind of went, I'll go whichever season it is. Are you now going to pledge your alliance? Is that the word? Allegiance? Uh, yeah, allegiance to the, to the Open. Open. I think that the 150th at St. Andrews tipped it for me. Yeah. I mean, I've said it in the podcast a few episodes ago just before Christmas that that was my highlight of 2022. Insane. It was absolutely phenomenal. Now, the challenge is whether any Open can ever live up to that. That's going to be a challenge. But what I love about the Open, certainly when it's so close to us, it just, the excitement, you feel like you're living in the excitement. Yeah. There's no right or wrong favourite major. There are people who have an argument for all four majors. I think most people would live in the camp of, well... But if, you think, but if you think the PGA Championship and the US Open Championship are the best majors, you're wrong. wrong. For me, it's the Open. But I, could, I can also happily say to people why, you know, people might say the, the Masters, I can, I can live with that. I don't think for us, me and you, as a spectator, anything will ever top 150 at St Andrews because it was 150, it was at the old course, we were so excited for it. I don't think it will. However, what's exciting with the Open and with all golf tournaments is, who knows, this next one, the 151, could have an unbelievable final. It could be, let's just say, Tiger, Rory, Cameron Smith in a three, three-way playoff. We don't know. We, we, who, who knows until it, until it happens like you said, the exciting thing for us is Royal Liverpool, for me, is about 45 minutes from my front door, about an hour and a bit for you. It's so close, literally on our doorstep. You've got the city of Liverpool just kind of a 15-minute drive through the tunnel. I think the city will be booming. 
I'm very, very excited. The golf course is a golf course that I've now played twice. I'm going to come on to this. It's definitely grown on me the more I've played it. But we had a phone call from the RNA who said, hey, Rick, we like Break 75. Do you want to do a Break 75? We can bring a claret jug or we can uh, support you on this. And your answer bring was... bring a claret jug. <laughs> brought the claret jug. And you were like, yeah, let's do it. So this is a collaborative Break 75 with the RNA and the Open. And we sprinkle a little bit of extra open magic dust on this break 75 we play it with the correct way <clears throat> with the the open routing which again if you're not familiar the actual royal liverpool if you went and played it today you'd actually tee off on what is in the open the third tee for the open they actually start on what is now now as you play it as the 17th tee um so we played it the open routing i got an official caddy with an open bib you did what, what was his name can you remember i think it might have been ian it was it. It was a really, really lovely man. I feel bad. I can't remember his name. I'm sure, it was Ian. Um, Claret Jug was there. We had some extra support and camera work from the Open themselves, and I'm excited to see what that looks like. Um, the condition was cold but fair. Yep. It was really, really raining in the morning. We pushed back the tea time as far as we could get, so we got that beautiful golden hour as we played the last two or three. But more importantly, we actually got the golden hour, the perfect time when we played the 17th, the oh. new par 3 17th, which honestly, for the Open this year, may make or break the champion. There's going to be some drama on that hole. It's such a short hole that can literally destroy scorecards. I'm a big fan of that hole. I know, like we've said this before, a lot of people aren't a fan of it, which I can understand if it destroys your score. But I think, like you said, that's going to really cause some excitement down the stretch. But... What's arguably even more exciting as well, if you are a fan of Break 75, which hopefully a lot of you watching and listening are, this one, as we said, was a collaborative effort with the RNA, with the Open, the One Club as well. They have also filmed a behind the scenes of how Break 75s get put together. They filmed us getting there. They filmed us looking around the clubhouse. I think they filmed us eating our lunch. The toilet. The toilet. Yeah, that was really... Um, I mean, was personal, a bit, but... A bit close, that one. You, you have to pay for that content. Yeah, that's the new... We're going to come on to that later on. Um... <laughs> But yes, there's another video that's going to live on the Open, on the One Club, and also possibly in the future on the Open's YouTube channel of a behind-the-scenes of a Break 75. It's good. Amazing. Um, the golf was fantastic. It's an interesting finish. You've got to stay tuned for that. And that will be then, from this point next, that will be the third Break 75 you'll see. So you'll see Burtdale first, Wallasey, then Royal Liverpool, um, three amazing golf courses three fantastic break 75s unfortunately james couldn't join us but that was one of the things this week um we might bring james in for a few others in the future it's really good we were talking about maybe a, a scotland little trip yes. go and do four or five that days up in so scotland good. certainly on kind of in that in that spot that's kind of a little bit outside of um st andrews kind of south east coast but like go to like your renaissance your archerfield gullen Places like that. I think that could be a little trip. North Berwick. I think what's good with those, and I, I'm calling this, people may disagree, hopefully they do agree though, is that when we do a break 75, obviously typically, well obviously it's about your score, how you get on, and you have guests on, sometimes myself, other people, and that's really good as well. But having that kind of three different scores to follow, it just showed how like different levels of ability can tackle different courses, doesn't it? So for example, if you got a scratch handicap of a 10, a 15, a 28, and put them on a Parkland course in nice flat, calm conditions... It's anybody's bet who would win because they've obviously got handicaps. That's the whole point of handicaps. However, if you gave them those same golfers on a golf course, a Lynx course in the wind, in the rain, I would 
typically always bet on the best player winning because they are going to probably, even if they shoot five over the handicap, they're not a million miles off. We're no, no disrespect to 28 handicap golfer, but they haven't probably really got the skill set to tackle the elements. And even, you know, I'm not a brilliant golfer, but even at my level and, and your level to some degree, certainly on a couple of the days or one of the days, I got affected much more by the conditions than, than you did. And then you got affected, probably, well, you didn't actually, you did really well, but James got affected probably the least. Does that kind of make yeah, sense? Yeah, well, his, our ball flights, any level of curvature, we're getting punished oh, by the wind. Yeah, massively. Where James looked like he was playing in, in some sort of cylinder that yeah. the, the wind didn't affect his golf shot because he had less curvature on it. Um, so yeah, all those are coming up. Make sure you like, make sure you subscribe to the main channel so you don't miss out on any of those videos. Also a note on that, thank you so much for the new influx of subscribers we've had on this channel. Yes. Wow, we're up to 208,000 subscribers now. We're doing a giveaway for the, the little bit of merchandise, the prototype merchandise, which probably will never see the light of day, and the head cover and the towel. These are kind of samples we had sent in. That draw is going to be done on the 31st of January, so there's still time to subscribe. Leave a comment on this video, and we'll pick a lucky winner. Um, and then next week... I'm jumping on an aeroplane again. You are? I'm, I'm leaving you again. I'm sorry. <laughs> Didn't want to come anyway. Obviously, you're at the moment with a little baby that you obviously need to be at home and you yes. need to be um, around. We've taken the opportunity to tie in a trip to the PGA show, mm. which I've not been to in maybe three or four years. I feel like you last went at the start of 2018. That's going to be five years now, believe it or not. So the PGA show... Um, Certainly over the last 10 years of doing YouTube, I've probably been five or six times to the PGA show. It's really an, an industry show where a lot of brands will go and um, kind of show off, basically. I've never <laughs> been. For people listening who don't even know what it is, explain the scale of it. Because sometimes you have ridiculous. golf shows in the UK where it's like you go to like a NEC centre, for example. You've got a, a large room, to be fair, with like five or six manufacturers. Your holiday destinations might be there, whatever explain how big the pj show is compared to those kind of things so first off it's at orange county convention center in orlando guy this place is massive it's massive i'd actually love to see it completely empty i don't i couldn't give you a scale of how big it is but i feel like you could easily fit in a couple of par fours side yeah. by side one thing i'd like then this is a bit of a request for matt who's behind the camera Maybe for this channel, potentially, I don't want to promise anything, but maybe a bit of a vlog of you there. Maybe Matt can film you mooching about, showing some of the stuff off. And if it comes out pretty well, we could maybe sit on this channel, people could watch it and yep. get behind the scenes, maybe. It's it, every, all pretty much all your main your major brands are there. Yeah. So from your big, I mean, typically, certainly back in the day, Taylor May, but I'm not sure if they're there this year. It was always a big, um, uh, I'm trying to word this in the most... Uh, <laughs> not not x-rated where i can it's a little bit of a of who's got the biggest who's got the biggest driver well put who's got the biggest size head who's got the biggest head at these shows who's got the longest shaft who is correct perfectly put it's a, it's a shaft measuring competition yeah okay my stiffer than yours so lot, <laughs> let's stop now we get the picture so a lot of brands will put a lot of emphasis on the the stand yeah and certainly callaway in the past have been the biggest shaft measurers 
in in the exhibition centre. Yeah, like I don't. People who are listening, you need to watch the podcast. Rick just sat his arms wide open for like thirty seconds. <laughs> and often they'll have like massive big displays. And I remember last time when they had jailbreak with Epic, they had this massive driver head above the stand and the jailbreak bars there. You've got you've got all the irons drivers. You've got everyone. You know, Bob Voke, uh, not Bob Voke, he's a different brand. But to be honest, he's been there. Like when Titleist have got it, Titleist are a bit weird with their brat stand. Okay. So everyone wears white blazers. I've heard this actually. It's a bit yeah. weird, really. Uh, but round the tightly stand, you've got you can might be walking around and suddenly Scotty Cameron walks past you or Bob Vokey walks past you or you know you might be on the Callaway stand and they might have shipped in a, a tour pro or yeah. a long drive guy or Annika Sorensen's there or whatever it may be. Um, you know, Taylor made when I think I last went there in 2018. I think it was. You're right. They announced the signing of Tiger Woods. That was a big thing. They had huge. this big, they had this big screen with all these cool Tiger Woods images and this, that, and the other. Typically, back in the day, it was where brands would launch their new driver lineup, and that's why still now, and it frustrates me. It really does. That's why right now you're seeing all these new driver releases coming out in at the start of January because really, traditionally or historically, it would tie in with the PGA show. Well, what if I'm right in thinking this, and correct me if I'm wrong, that the point of it years gone by, and let's say 10, 15, 20 years ago, would be that the golf brands would all go there, the manufacturer would go there, all the PGA pros in North America, not all of them, but the vast majority would go for a week, well, for a few days, and they would go and place their orders with said manufacturers. Let's just say I'm John Stevens, I'm the head pro at Shields Golf Club, I go there for three days, I order my drivers with Callaway, with TaylorMade, I have a quick look at other stuff, and I come back, and then next month, all my deliveries come to my pro shop. Correct. Obviously now, that's not how it works. People have the internet, they have booking systems, they have reps that go into the stores, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What then really is the point of it? It's a bit of a jolly up. Okay. And it was a golf industry jolly up. I, I think so. I'm sure the, biz, the business is happening out there. Like I've got some really important meetings out there with either my partners that I've worked, obviously, with Top Tracer or Echo or Lyle and Scott. Or, you know, I'll, I might chat to a few other brands that might be interested in doing some work with me. Um, and again, we made it very clear in last week's podcast, those brands aren't going to be tied into manufacturers. Um, but but you, you've got those things. The other th- section of the PGA show, which I probably neglected last time I went, you've also got a section that is almost like new inventions. Yeah. Like you've got all these crazy, like, <laughs> scientists and all sorts coming up with all weird, wonderful, wacky ideas for how they can make golf better on a much much smaller scale when i went to the manchester golf show which you were obviously at many moons ago you got those little stores and some of them you think oh, that's quite a bit of potential and some of them are absolutely horrendous Terrible. but that's kind of the beauty of these industries isn't it that people can have an idea and some will take off and some will not say like watching dragon's den or is yeah. it shark tank in america um but no it should be exciting and as well as that i'm, got, I'm just conscious annoyingly we have got to be of a type of time on the podcast today so i apologize for that people um but you're also when you're out there taking the cameras you're taking matt you're gonna be filming talk to me so um, yeah, the PJ show will do a little bit of filming. At, you've got, sorry, just a quick one. On the demo day as oh, well. sorry, yeah, the demo the day. The demo day is at Orange County Golf Club, and it's a massive circular driving range. And around this circular driving range, you've got all these brands plotted around, whether it's Callaway or Titleist or whatever, all the way around, and you can whack some products and this, that, and the other. I remember back in the day, I used to do a few reviews yeah, there. Yeah, them. 
Like, I remember doing Nike reviews and things like maybe that. Maybe you met a uh, GM golfer, Garrett. Oh, yeah, that was years and years and years Matt, ago. So you get this picture up where Rick met Garrett at the Wilson stand. Um, That's when I inspired him to become a YouTuber. Yeah, put that picture up if you're listening. Um, yeah, I did. When I did when I was a judge on the Driver versus Driver 2 with Wilson and Golf Channel, I you know, did a lot of testing there. And yeah, it was, it was all the slats on the Tuesday. We might do a little bit of filming there. That's where also my favorite part of it is where, um, you know, on course vehicles are also showcased so it might be like a hardly davidson type bike where you can put your golf clubs on the back nice, a or like and stuff. or like a golf cart that goes like 70 miles per hour and things like that so there'll be i'm sure there'll be some wacky things there as well put into yourself um so that's tuesday wednesday thursday is actual trade show and then from friday the trade show is gone get out of here you're sourcing at this point sourced out <laughs> baby beers are plenty We'd have drank Orlando out of 43 liqueur and Baileys. But then, five days of filming at five incredible golf courses. Now, at the moment, what we're doing at those golf courses is a little bit up in the air, whether it's challenging other creators, whether yeah. it's challenging tour pros that might be in the area, whether it's breaking 75 at some of these. But the five golf courses I've got lined up, and four of them have confirmed and booked in, they are absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, the, the exciting thing is that you know as, as a backup, you've got five insane Break 75s. That's the exciting thing. Like, they're going to be unbelievable top yeah. quality. However, there's this idea they could potentially be, I said, other creators, other tour pros. Obviously, just kind of tying up a few loose ends at the moment, but you're going to be coming back from this trip, essentially, with a, 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 a suitcase full of banger videos. Yes, exciting just, that's what we we actually record on uh vhs yeah, tapes and i put them all in a suitcase and just bring them all <laughs> uh, but yeah hopefully that's gonna be really good um and then start of february then we can start editing and start filming some new content yeah, it's gonna be a very busy couple of months the plan is as well so you've heard this here first next week's podcast we plan to do it remotely so i will be here in the studio and you'll be in america and you can fill me in and the audience in on how it's going Fingers crossed that all goes to plan. If it doesn't, big worst case, we'll miss that week, maybe. Or you might do one abroad, I don't know. And then the following week, we'll be back to normal. Yeah. But don't worry, the podcast is going nowhere. We've got some very exciting plans and some exciting guests lined up as well in the coming weeks and coming months. Uh, before we end this one, it's a bit of a short one today. I do apologise. We've got some other things we've got to commit to. Um, but I've got an email I want to read out. And this is a bit more, we've had a bit of a funny start to the podcast, a bit silly sometimes, but this is a bit more of a, of a deep one. Um, I feel like I might tear up again on this one. I'm going to try not to. But I want to read it out. I'm not going to read out the guy's full name because he actually never did say to read it out. But I think if I just keep... It might get seen on that camera. If I just... Can you use that? All right, Matt, like that. If I just read out his first name or his kind of abbreviated first name, I think that'd be okay. It's from Cam. It's hi, Rick and Guy. Um, I've gone back and forth about writing um, as I'm fairly res- writing this email because I'm fairly reserved. But I think it's important for you to know the positive impact you've had on me recently. I'm 29 years old. I've been a long-time viewer on YouTube but recently started to watch the podcast and listen to the podcast. The Break 75 series really drew me in and it's gotten to the point where I have to watch every episode the day they come out. Unexpectedly, the podcast and YouTube channel have helped me through a really tough time over the past few months. My dad had been battling cancer for the past decade and his condition recently took a turn for the worst, forcing my family to move into a 24-hour care facility for most of November and December. I would drive every day an hour each way to, to visit him and sometimes stay overnight just to make sure he was okay. During the drive to visit him, I would listen to the podcast and it would make me forget about everything going on. I would smile and laugh, even if I was crying minutes earlier. When I was with him and he was resting, I would open my laptop and watch the most recent episode of Break 75. 
The way you have fun on the course made me feel like I was there and it gave me a mental break from reality. Combined, the podcast and YouTube channel made the hardest time of my life that tiny bit easier. Unfortunately, my dad passed away a few days before Christmas. Golf was a huge part of our relationship and wanted to share a picture of the last round of golf we played together in 2019. This was the last year he was physically able to play. He introduced the game to me to the game 23 years ago and I have been addicted ever since. In some of his last days, I remember sitting with my dad and watching Break 75 at Crail and thinking how amazing it would be to play there. The scenery of the landscape combined with the vibes from you and Iona had me in a trance. So I ended up booking a trip with my girlfriend to visit England and Scotland and we'll be playing Crail in late April. I have no doubt that I never would have heard of the golf course like your content and cannot wait to experience golf in the UK for the first time at Crail. So to say this, uh, thank you, Rick, Guy, and the entire team. When times are good, your content is fun, entertaining, and educational. When times are bad, your content is escape from reality that can bring light to the darkest of times. Keep up the good work. I appreciate everything you do. Wow. Follow the email from Cam. Wow. <laughs> God, <laughs> that's... Uh... Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening and watching. I'm really sorry to hear about your dad. Um, I'm sure he'll be very... Um, he'll be looking down at you enjoying your time in the UK and Crail in Scotland and playing so um, thanks for sharing that story with us and like I say really sorry to hear but you know if we can somehow brighten up people's day when times are hard then you know that's a, a, a certain perk of the job. Yeah, no, I've sent him an email back and I might send him another one actually and I, I don't know, you know, the exact dates he's, he's here and what our plans are in April. Obviously, it's busy time with the Masters but if he ends up travelling through near Manchester yeah. and he wants to come and pop in and, and see the studio. Do a we'll, studio tour. We'll, um, we'll try and make that happen but oh, yeah, yeah, thanks so much. Um, it means a lot. Thanks for listening everybody. Thanks for watching. Really appreciate it. We will see you hopefully next week from a transatlantic podcast via... Banter show. Via zoom or something thanks for listening thanks cam that was nice nice little touch and uh ian and doreen get back to work yeah new new, uh new members in the clubhouse every (laughs) single week guys thanks for listening and we'll see you 